Well, good morning, and thanks so much for joining us this morning, Tuesday morning. And boy, this week is shaping up to be nice. When you hear a Saskatchewan forecast at the end of January, very seldom will you hear the word plus in front of any number that you're going to be talking about. And yet today, plus 12, plus 15 in parts of Saskatchewan. So weather-wise, very nice and certainly a day that we're going to see kids, as soon as that school bell rings, they are out there enjoying the weather for sure. So this is an interesting discussion. We have been following the fight that's going on in Toronto to do with tobogganing. This is the one where city council has moved to ban tobogganing on 45 downhill slopes because there are some trees on the slopes. In one case, there was a light standard there and they, they don't want the young sledders to crash into that. And so there are some city councillors that are bringing a motion forward this week to counteract what they're calling the no fun rule. The city has designated only 29 toboggan hills where it's safe to do so. Now, the flip side of this is we just heard a tragic story this morning out of Winkler, Manitoba, where a young child, five years old, sledding, it sounds like on a bay, on a residential bay, um, I'm not sure where if it was in the front yard or if it was kind of in that piece of property that's always in the middle of the bay. Uh, nonetheless, tobogganing down there ended up on the street. Neighbor backing out didn't know the child was there, didn't see the child, and as a result, drives forward. And sadly, the young, youngster was was killed in that accident. So tragic situation. What we were were t- wanting to talk about, and we still are going to talk about, is is that that balance of understanding that outdoor play and in some cases risky play, like tobogganing down the hill and doing things like that, that's part of an important part of childhood. And I've got a guest who's joining me now to dig into this a little bit more. Mariana Brassoni is a developmental psychologist, an expert in child injury prevention, and a professor at UBC's Faculty of Medicine, and joins us this morning from Vancouver. Mariana, thanks so much for taking our call. Thanks for having me. So in light of, of this sad incident that came out of Manitoba, I think it's important that we recognize off the start that no matter what you're doing, you know, if your child is playing hockey, if you're climbing a tree, if you're downhill skiing, there there are sadly rare accidents that happen, correct? Absolutely, yeah. In fact, we know that uh, injuries are the leading cause of death for kids. Um, and by and large, those are as a result of passengers in a motor vehicle. Um, these kinds of situations, and, and my heart goes out to the family, uh, but when we look at the statistics, they are extremely rare. Very rare, for sure. In fact, I was just looking at a report yesterday, prior to this segment, where it was showing that tobogganing is the lowest cause of injury for children in all of the outdoor winter sports in Canada. Things like hockey and skiing, and there's a, a litany of other things that are much higher on the list. Tobogganing is really almost non-existent. Uh, again, we have this rare accident that happened in Manitoba, but generally speaking, it's not the most dangerous thing that our kids can be doing. And this leads into a conversation about risky play for children being important. This is a big part of the work that you do. Can you help us understand why risky play is important for children? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as you say, it's about finding that balance, you know, between keeping kids safe and letting them take risks. Um, and so risky play is thrilling and exciting kinds of play where children are engaged with uncertainty. So you have the, the children pushing themselves past their previous limits and experimenting with the world, experimenting with their bodies. So what this looks like is, for example, climbing higher than usual, jumping farther than usual, maybe even playing with tools while building a den or rough and tumble play with friends or those kinds of things. It's things that many of us, have lots of fun memories of having done before. Um, and in what we find in the research, and I think if you take yourself back to your favorite childhood play memory, this might be quite intuitive, is that this, these experiences are very critical for uh, enormous amounts of children's health and development. For example, kids are more physically active when they're engaged in this kind of play. They're, they're moving their bodies and gaining physical movement skills. They're engaging their, their cognitive uh, development, you know, in terms of trying to figure out the world and how the world works. Um, they're building their mental health and well-being in terms of understanding their body and their comfort levels, trying things out from themselves, succeeding or failing realizing if they succeed, you know, that self-confidence builds. If they fail, that they develop resilience and, hey, I can handle that. That's, that's no problem. And, you know, and these are some of the very fundamental skills that kids need as they grow. Um, and one of the most obvious ones is risk management skills, right? So understanding how to engage with the world and with the constant uncertainty and risk that we're exposed to and to make kind of good decisions around you know, how to, how do they keep themselves safe in those circumstances? All of these are muscles that kids have to exercise and gradually increase their skill over time so that, you know, when they're adults, they have those skills are online to be able to make good decisions around things. Dr. Mariana Brossioni is my guest today. And so, Dr. Brossioni, I'm curious, what are, what's the risk of being overprotective of your children as a parent and not allowing them to engage in risky play? Yeah, and that's a great question because really, you know, we the risk of injury is kind of facing us head on and it can become overwhelming and fearful. But what we tend to not realize is the risk of not letting them do these things. You know, and so as I mentioned about all of the benefits that kids get, so what we're seeing more now as, you know, risky play has been gradually, gradually reduced and kids have had less and less freedom over multiple generations, and we're seeing the effect of that. You know, we're seeing kids that aren't as comfortable being out in their community. They're having challenges with managing their own risks and critical thinking skills and understanding what they're comfortable with and even some mental health kind of anxiety uh, conditions that are at an all-time high right now. So why, I, I, your your website, by the way, and, and some of the research that we can access that you've done is outstanding. Um, quickly give us the, the relationship between risky play as a young child and how it helps in adolescence, things like substance use, sexual behavior, and even relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you think about a child who's who's engaging with risk, maybe figuring out, okay, can I climb to the next branch? Can I go a little farther? Um, and so they're they're developing these, this understanding of the world and what they're comfortable with and how far they can push themselves in a situation that is, frankly, relatively safe. Serious injuries um, are extremely rare in, in play situations, and deaths are almost unheard of. Um, and so the, in these situations, they can practice those skills and those muscles and uh, then be able to kind of understand themselves 
and what they're comfortable with um, and and just gain those experiences that when they then are on their own, they don't have an adult telling them what to do. They're used to not having an adult telling them what to do, and they're not kind of sitting back waiting for the adult to, like, decide for them how it is they're going to manage this risk. And so that they can, you know, know themselves enough to be able to make the kinds of decisions in situations that are much more dangerous, like driving or drinking or risky sexual behavior. Outdoor Play Canada is a resource that you, of course, are a big part of, another great resource online. Before we uh, let you go today, Doctor, can you give us an understanding of why outdoor play correlates and is so important along with this notion of risky play? Well, outdoor play is really what we support, but and we talk about it as risky play, and we didn't used to have to label it risky play. It was just play, you know, kids getting out and playing. Um, and so the reason that we focus on risky play is because um, adults have such a hard time with it. So when we talk about outdoor play, we it, it includes risky play because it's not long before kids are outside where they're going to start to want to take risks. And so we want to draw attention to the fact that you need to let them do that and not stop them from taking those risks. Um, and I would also mention, you know, if, if people are interested, that they can go to outsideplay.ca. We have lots of tools for parents and teachers and so on where, where they can, you know, think about these issues and how they might apply in their own lives. Good stuff. This has been a great talk. Dr. Brassoni, thank you so much for giving us some time today on this topic. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Dr. Mariana Brassoni, a developmental psychologist, expert in child injury prevention and professor at UBC's Faculty of Medicine. And talk about the importance of risky play, important to the development of children. And if you think about how we grew up and the things that we did growing up, do you think our parents knew this? Or they basically just wanted us to get outside, get out of their hair, and go outside and have some fun? We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back for the next little bit, I want to continue this conversation with you. Do you think that we overprotect our children on how they play? one 332 8255 Maybe you've got a risky play story of your own as a child. We'd love to hear it. Phone lines are open for you, one 332 8255 Your thoughts, do we overprotect our children when they're playing? Next on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Good morning, I'm Evan Bray. Just had a good conversation with Dr. Mariana Brassoni, developmental psychologist, expert in child injury prevention, and a professor at UBC's Faculty of Medicine. She is the mastermind behind Outdoor Play Canada, essentially urging children to get outside and play and for parents to allow children to explore risky play, which often comes with outdoor play, climbing trees, racing their bike, you know, trying to be daredevils on that ramp that they built in the backyard, whatever the case may be. And so we're throwing it out to you. Do we overprotect our children? On how they play. Do you think we bubble wrap our children today too much? And all you have to do is think about when you were growing up and the things that you did while you were playing with your friends, your family. Maybe it's a brother that you were playing with. one 332 8255 So we're talking about risky play. Maybe you've got a story from when you were younger or just want to weigh in. Do we overprotect our children today in how they play? one 332 8255 Al 
from Saskatoon is on the line. What do you think on this topic, Al? Well, I've been involved with ski jumping all my life. Uh, well, and uh, we built a ski jump in around 1962, and we were. Uh, I was lucky enough to be in the first Winter Games in Quebec City, 1967, because wow. of that ski jump. But what I saw yesterday on uh, YouTube, and it was the World Women's Ski Jumping. And there were 40 women on a 94-meter hill. It's a big hill. And they were ski jumping just as good as those old boys could do. And I'm telling you, uh, the, well, the biggest thing was our Canadian was fourth place. Last year, she won. She was the top ski jumper and uh, number one place. And uh, we had another uh, a Canadian in seventh place. I'm telling you, ski jumping was one heck of a uh, exhilarating thing to do. Scare the heck out of you. Of course, but you, but the fact that on the hill, you would never you never rat. like. I mean, you, I never saw anybody break anything or or. But it was thrilling. Yes, I absolutely can imagine it would be, Alan. Appreciate you calling in. That's that's a good example. Is you know, I'm sure if you're learning how to ski ski jump, you're starting out slowly. You're not starting off like you're, uh, you know, Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> Remember Eddie the Eagle? Uh, you are literally starting off with the small. No different than when we were kids. You remember the first ramp you built to to drive your bike over? It was probably a couple inches off the ground with an old piece of plywood you dragged out of the garage. But then you start building up a little bit of courage. You want to try and go a little bit higher. That's what happens. That is the benefit of risky play. That's what we heard Dr. Brassoni talk about just moments ago. And she encourages this. And so that sparks the question, do you think we overprotect our children on how they play? If we, if we think back to our childhood and what we did, we took risks we had fun. We sometimes look back and think that was crazy what we did. Other times we look back and think that was great. I'm going to do it again. one 332 Grace in Saskatoon texted in and said, you know what? It's not just play. They're protected against life and failure and anything people consider negative. So with those, when those things happen, they have no idea how to handle them. Look at the school discussion that we've been having over the last couple of weeks. It's all connected and making for weak children who can't handle adulthood, and that's why words hurt. So Grace is saying this is this is bigger than just play. This is much bigger than that. Do we overprotect our children? One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Or maybe you've got a story. Maybe you've got a story about your youth and the things that you used to do. Let's go to Vanguard now. Troy is on the line. What do you think on this topic, Troy? Well, like I told the guy, uh, you know, your screener there, the Jordan Peterson said it best when he said, you have to let children do dangerous things safely. Yes. Right? And now I remember back when I was a kid, that's going back a few decades, but there used to be like half a dozen of us cycling down the road, gravel road, with 22s on our backs, going to our favorite gopher ground. <laughs> I love it. Someone in a truck or a car, they'd wave, give you the thumbs up. There were no cherries coming after you or nothing, you know? Right. It and, it was. and I'm going to guess, Troy, you knew how to handle that 22. Someone had taught you how to shoot safely, be beware of your target and beyond all of those essential things. Oh, hell, I was shooting 22s when I was five. Right. 
you know, moved up to the 30-30 when I was 10. So risky play, if it's done right, and if it's yeah. done, you know, risky but but safely, and, and yeah. your, your quote from Jordan Peterson is great, we have to let kids do dangerous things safely, uh, it's an essential part of growing up. Exactly. I mean, if you don't learn properly, you're, you're not going to do things right down the road. I mean, you got to break a toe or an arm sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, you, sometimes you do, Troy. one 332 8255 My father-in-law, by the way, my father-in-law who lives in Regina, he has a story very similar to that. He told me this story. We went uh, a couple of weekends ago. There was a gun show at the Turvey Center in Regina. Uh, I went with my wife's uncle, my father-in-law, and myself. And as we're driving back, I was taking him back home after the, the show. He tells me a story from when he was a kid, and he's talking about like 10, 11 years old, grabbing a twenty-two, jumping on his banana seat bicycle. He lived in the cathedral area, biking over to grab a couple of his buddies who lived on Victoria Avenue and biking with 22s eastbound down Victoria to Winnipeg and Regina and then north on Winnipeg out of the city so they could shoot gophers. Did you... Can you imagine today what would happen if you saw three boys with 22s on their laps drive? I mean, you know, I mean, I joke about it, but boy, police respond to those types of calls today. And I mean, obviously, times have changed. Things are different than they were in the mid 50s, for example. But the but the point is letting kids just go outside and play. And yes, there may be risk. Yes, they might climb a tree. Yes, they might fall and skid their knee. There's a whole bunch of things that could happen. We're going to keep this conversation going. The phone lines have been ringing on this and the text lines as well. 1-877-332-8255. We're going to take a quick break, but more on the notion of letting our kids play. Risky or not, not overprotecting our children while they're doing it, is actually setting them up for success later in life. one 332 8255 Your calls, your thoughts on this topic when we come back on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Dr. Mariana Brassoni was my guest just after 11 o'clock, and we chatted about the benefits that risky play has for children. It develops so many life skills, things that help you in decision-making in your adolescent and adult life, decision-making, risk assessment, the ability to deal with adversity, to feel anxious and learn how to hold on to those feelings, all comes with the ability to go outside and play. In some cases, maybe you're doing something that's a little risky, but that's part of it. That's part of growing up. And so we're throwing the question out to you. Do you think we overprotect our children now when they're out playing? Are we bubble wrapping our kids? One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. The phones, the phones, and the texts are going uh, crazy on this. Lots of people have stories. I'm going to go to uh, Ken, who is joining us on the road today. Ken, what's your thought? I see here you grew up on a farm, so I'm guessing risky play was part of your upbringing. Yeah, it wasn't so much uh, playing on the farm. We had a lot of work to do. And my chore every Saturday was to clean out the barn so I had the John Deere and the manure spreader. And, uh, of course, using the, uh, the barn cleaner was a story on itself. But uh, when you're out in the field spreading manure, 
shifted from uh, normal mode to a clean-out mode, <laughs> which means you got to crawl out onto the hitch, grab the lever, flip it up on the spreader. Now, of course, guys are not going to take the time to swap the tractor, so you crawl out on the hitch, hang on to that seat for your life while the power takeoff is rubbing on your uh, paddle deck and uh, flip it up. And, uh, yeah, and that was normal... Every every Saturday, you did that. So uh, yeah, it, it was risky. Sure. <laughs> it's a wonder you're here to tell us about it today, Ken. And you know, Ken brings up another good point. For a lot of kids, especially farm kids, risky play meant you went to play before you were done your chores. That's a risky move. That's a risky move right there. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Let's go to Kathy in Saskatoon, who's been waiting on the line. What are your thoughts, Kathy? Are we overprotecting our kids, or is risky play an important part of raising our children? It, it's it's um, raising children. It, it's risky, and it's good for kids to learn. But I have a story. Uh, my brother and I were chasing, my brother, we lived in Birch Hills, Saskatchewan. Yep. And my brother was chasing me with a water gun. And we, my mom and dad had a, a, a colored glass door. And he put his arm through it and he had to get stitches. And my, and he was, and I got glass in my head. And, and my mom was giving this heck because, and she said, you guys don't run around in the hall, out in the house. And so, and then, I, and mom goes, what did you learn from that? And I said, we learned not to run around in the house and we got to have safety. <laughs> That's right. We got to chase each other outside with the water guns or whatever it may be. And of course, it's better for the stained glass windows if you're not running around in the house as well, Kathy. Thanks so much for, for calling in. one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. What do you think? Do we overprotect our children? Do we overprotect our children on how they play? Risky play, we just heard from Dr. Mariana Brassoni, risky play is such an essential part of growing up. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Jeff sent a message into our Facebook page. We threw this question up on our Facebook page last night. Lots of people weighed in. Jeff said, we're absolutely doing the kids a disservice. I remember tipping over a dirt bike at age 10 on the gravel, ripping my knee down to the bone, threw some hydrogen peroxide on it, a bandage, and we got back out there. I didn't do it a second time. Reflexes, decision-making are lowered when you're not active, which will carry on as they get older with driving, working, and so many other things. Thanks for shooting us a message on that. Pauline said, full speed banana bike, banana seat bike down a steep hill. Oh, the amount of gravel my mom had to remove from my knees and elbows. And the next day, we did it again. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. That's what kids do. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. All right. Let's go to Jonathan in Saskatoon. What do you think? Are we overprotecting our kids, Jonathan? Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, Gen X, I think, was the last generation that really just got out there and went after it. And, you know, we had fun. We hurt ourselves a lot, you know. Yeah, we uh, did, yes. Some of, us, some of us didn't survive, but the rest of us that did, you know, we were, were you know, older and wiser and smarter because of it, right? <laughs> and and um, you develop a lot of skills through that risky play, Jonathan. We do, and we learn, you know, you might be in pain, but you can still work through that, right? Because, I mean, sometimes you have to. 
you know, yeah. and that's something the kids these days that have never really felt pain don't get. And so when they do come up against something that's uh, painful or, you know, failures and, and, and all that, and they're frustrated, you know, they don't pursue the end goal. They sit and sulk and cry. Like it's, you know, and they're, that's getting into their 20s. They're still doing that. We need you to know, find a way to encourage them to get out there and uh, and get involved and play like we did. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. That is an essential part. I, I have so many memories. I can't I can't imagine there's a I mean, I I'm gonna say farm kid. City kids no different. I mean, you did you had your own set of things that you did with buddies, whether it's in the park or the alley or what whatever. But on the farm, man, we used to we used to do a ton of things that I think back on and go what were we thinking? And mom and dad didn't stop us, but maybe they didn't know. Like maybe we weren't exactly telling them what we were doing when we're climbing on that big stack of bales that, of course, dad told us a thousand times that we shouldn't be up there. He was actually less worried about, <laughs> I'm, I'm speculating. He was less worried about us as he was about the bales getting knocked down. We had square bales, not the bit, not the round bales. So they, he had a, a bale wagon. They were stacked up and, you know, you had it was very systematic. If you start knocking bales off or pulling bales from the wrong part of that stack, they're all going to go down, and then you've got a problem. Because I knew we'd be stacking them by hand. But some of the stuff we used to do, climbing up there, up into the loft in the barn, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Calls are still coming in. I want to take a call here from Tom and Regina on the notion of of bubble wrapping our children. Are we doing that? Are we overprotecting our kids, Tom? Oh, definitely, Evan, we are. Um, when I was uh, 12 years old, uh, we had a, about a 25-foot tree out beside our house, and I had never made it to the top of that tree yet, so one day I started going up about 10 feet from the top. Uh, I lost my grip, and as I was falling like a rag doll, wrapping around branches this way and that, I ended up on my back on the ground under that tree, and once I realized that I only had a few scrapes and bumps and bruises, uh, overall I wasn't hurt too bad. I looked up at the tree and I thought, I'll be darned if I'm going to let that tree kick my butt. <laughs> then about two minutes later, uh, when I reached the top of the tree, I looked down and I thought, man, am I ever glad I didn't fall from here. <laughs> but another story, Evan, uh, residents of Regina Beach will remember this well. Uh, I don't recall how many years ago it was, but uh, on the public beach, uh, a young man was uh, climbing a tree and fell out of the tree, hurting himself. Well, somebody's answer to that was, grab a chainsaw, and they chopped the tree down. Mm-hmm. And the sad part was, uh, if somebody wouldn't have stopped them, they, they planned on chopping more trees down. Now, I call that overprotecting our children. Yeah, that's a, that is a really good example of, you know, are we really solving the problem by simply chopping the trees down? There's lots of other things that the kids are going to climb. one 332 8255 Tom, thanks for, for calling in. Let's go to Daryl now in Saskatoon. We're talking about whether or not we're overprotecting our children on how they play. You know, should we be encouraging our children to go out and Play, have fun, and even if there's a little bit of risk, that's okay. What do you think, Daryl? Well, you know what, Evan? I'm 69 years old, and my wife's 66, and we're sitting beside each other right now. Um, we are grandparents to a 7-year-old and a 3-year-old boy. Be damned if we're going to send them home to their parents 
with a scratch or a bruise. <laughs> Evan, there's no way we're, we do not let them get hurt, okay? <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Hey, you, you bring it up a good point, Daryl. You got a responsibility. But, but Daryl, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, you, you gave me your age. I'm guessing it's do as I say, not as I do kind of a thing. Because I'm guessing, Daryl, that back in the day, you probably took part in some risky play. Uh, we did lots of that stuff. And uh, our parents uh, never stopped us from doing it, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, there's for lots of fun. grandparents out there, I can totally understand overprotectiveness, okay? Because <laughs> you don't want to send them home with the Band-Aids on their knee, do you? No way. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in, Daryl. one 8255 The calls continue to come in. I'll take a call here. Carrie is calling in on the line. What have you got for us? Have you got a risky play story today, Carrie? Yeah, so being the youngest of three kids uh, growing up with two older brothers, um, it started probably when I was two with them shooting pucks at me outside okay, okay. Wait, in wait, the hockey net. Wait a minute. Is this my sister, Carrie? <laughs> wait a minute. Maybe. This, this is a setup. Listen, Carrie, we needed to have someone play goal. We, we thought you would be a good option, and we always made sure yeah. mom put an extra layer of clothes on you for protection. I know, my puffy little red snowsuit. <laughs> Mom said she would send us outside to play together. Oh, isn't that nice? The three kids playing together. And then next thing you know, you see this little red bundle in the middle of the hockey net <laughs> with, with the boys taking slap shots at me. Well, so, in yeah. fairness, it was a ball. It wasn't a puck. So, you know, I mean, it, it bounced, right? I mean, it, did it, did you get hurt? Do you remember getting hurt? I don't have many memories, actually. They come and go now. No. I'm just kidding. Oh, Carrie, I appreciate you playing along and calling in today. Oh, thanks. Uh, do you, I have a whole list. Would you like a few more stories? Well, let's stay with that one now. And, uh, and of course, you might have inspired some other younger sisters to call in. All right. Just what I needed, a cheeky younger sister to call in and weigh in on the notion of, of risky play. one 8255 We'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up this talk. Still time for your thoughts. Do we overprotect our children on how they play? Maybe you've got a story from your youth of risky play that you want to share. Phone lines are still open. one 8255 We'll be right back. On 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. A little bit of danger, maybe not the worst thing. We're talking about the importance of risky play for children. We just had Dr. Mariana Brassoni join me to talk about it from a developmental psychologist standpoint and all of the skills, the life skills you build as a child when you engage in outdoor and risky play. Tammy from Clavet uh, texted in saying, My husband's motto for our son was that pain is Mother Nature's teacher. <laughs> she says our son was a hockey goalie, so he learned that very well. Scott from Silton, learning to fall physically and otherwise is a skill that you have to learn. And getting back up is equally important. Isn't that the truth? That's a great one. one 332 8255 
We've got uh, calls that have been coming in, and uh, I'm going to. T- I want. I think I got time for one more call, so we will go to the uh, phone line, and we'll talk with Jade from Katepwa. Thanks for calling in. What's your What's your story? Are you talking to me? Sorry, yeah, I've got you. It's, yeah, it's Vivian. Oh, sorry, Vi- sorry, Vivian, my my mistake. What you've got a story for me? Yes, I have a couple of quick ones. Uh, we grew up on a farm south of Wolseley, five of us, and. Uh, we had like one bike between us all and loved to be thought. I always thought I wanted to be in the circus. So you take <laughs> this bike and you see how good you can ride it with no hands and stand on the seat. And then, of course, you fall and there was no rubbers on the handlebars. So that goes through the side of the lip. Of course. Which they had to do. And the, and the other one is um, I like to climb everywhere, buildings and everything. So one day my dad goes into the house and says, Gene, you better come out here. Don't say a word, but you better come outside the door. So she comes out the door, and he points to the windmill, and I'm on the very, very top <laughs> of the windmill, checking to see if there's any birds, little birds right. in the bird's nest. And, of course, and your it, parents probably don't want to freak you out now that you're up there. <laughs> exactly. They don't want to scare me, but I, I'm like, no, 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 I'm brave. I can do this. Okay, just turn around and please climb down. Climb down. Okay, no problem. Made my way down. So I never did make it to the circus, but I sure had a lot of fun trying. <laughs> and and Vivian, by the way, from Katepwa, where anyone from the area knows Pimple Hill. Yes, it's called Pimple Hill because it looks like it's got a little pimple on top of it. That was a, a an absolute sledding must. And there were the odd, you know, bump and tree and, and uh, stump and things that you might collide into. But that was part of tobogganing if you're at Katepwa or heading down to the lake to do that. Well, the stories have been good. I think overwhelmingly what we're hearing is we do overprotect our children. We need to let them get outside and engage in play. Some of it may be risky, but understand they're building some skills. So let them, let them play safely, but, you know, explore some of those challenges and risks that are out there. The calls and and texts have been great and I appreciate everyone Playing along here today, we will continue this along with many other discussions, I'm sure, in the uh, in the days to come. We're going to take another quick break right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.